Welcome back, Greenies. This is J.P. Gooderham, your managing editor of FearTheWave.com, and always on Twitter, at FearTheWaveBlog. You are officially back for Episode 8 of Fear the Wavecast. This is the very first one of 2017, of course, and, you know, the time is right. I think this is an important milestone for us because we are now under three weeks until National Signing Day, or a holiday that we as Tulane fans know to be called, wait for it, hashtag Fritzmas. And to be honest with you, I think this is shaping up to be a really interesting one. If we look back a couple weeks ago, I, I think it's fair to say the class looked like it may be in rocky shape. We didn't know if the staff was going to be able to turn that around. I think that the Fritz staff has done an excellent job in terms of the reboot so far. There was a ton of talent on campus last weekend for the first weekend of official visits. They even had a second line that went a little bit viral in the recruiting community, which is always good to see. Uh, but now we're turning to the, the broader question, which is what this show is going to focus on today of what are the priorities for the staff? What do they need to do to get there? And what can we expect to see come hashtag Fritzmas? To help us break those questions down, we're going to need an expert. Uh, we're going to bring Will Guillory, who is the NOLA.com beat writer. He also does an excellent job on Twitter. And fun fact, he was actually the first guest ever on Fear the Wavecast. So really great to have him back for the first show of 2017. Before we get to that interview, I do need to give a quick plug, though. I really appreciate the response to the show. A ton of you have shared it and, and left positive comments and that kind of thing last year. It is always appreciated. You can help us continue to grow in 2017 by tweeting or retweeting the show. Uh, also, leaving positive reviews in iTunes. Always great. I've seen some good ones on there. Um, that's it for that part of it. Let's get into the interview. Stay angry, my friends. All right, guys, we are back with our expert interview. We have Gil uh, Will Guillory here from NOLA.com. Will, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Well, as I mentioned, Will is the first guest ever that we had on Fear the Wavecast. People loved him, so Will, it's great to have you back. Uh, I got to mention some of the cool stuff that Will does. Uh, aside from writing on NOLA.com, and, and make sure to be following him these next few weeks. I know that they'll do some cool stuff before National Signing Day. Uh, also a must-follow for any Tulane fan on Twitter, uh, Beyond Football. He also does great stuff on the, the basketball beat, too. So, Will, it's great to have you back, man. Oh, I, I, I'm very glad to be back. I'm looking forward to uh, as we lead up here to signing day. <laughs> All right. Well, let me set the stage a little bit because, honestly, less than two weeks ago, Tulane's class was ranked outside the top 100. They were coming off a couple of high-profile decommits. Things really, I think, for Tulane fans did not look good. But, you know, fast forward to now, uh, Tulane has secured a couple of the best recruits in the class. They had a lot of talent on campus last week for the first weekend of official visits. There seems to be momentum, but let's turn to Phil, uh, to Will. Will, let's kick it off. What's your perception of where the recruiting class stands right now? Oh, I mean, uh, I don't think it's a shock for anybody to hear me say this, but, I mean, we're hitting the uh, the, the really – the biggest, you know, couple weeks uh, of the recruiting trail here. Where this is the like you said, they locked in a couple of guys they really like. They lost some guys they liked, of course, but uh, these these last couple weekends of visits are going to be really important to really lock in the kind of uh, big class that that Fritz is really looking for. He he said a couple times that he wants to bring in as many guys as possible because we talked all year about the depth issues and they need to to secure uh, some of those spots. And bringing in as many guys as possible is going to be huge for this team. And uh, just getting uh, – more than just getting uh, an abundance of guys, is getting those quality guys is what's really important. So you've written about this before. You know, we, we look back to last year, and Tulane was rolling with almost an FCS. Like, in terms of the quantity of players, they had a, a very limited roster. 
do you see them trying to sign, let's say, close to 28, or is there a target number? And, and if so, what does that look like right now, Will? Yeah, well, uh, the number I've heard uh, Fritz throw around is somewhere around 26 to 27. I think that's the the goal he's shooting for. I don't know if they feel like that's the number they're going to get to, but I know that's what they're shooting for. And I know uh, something they're really excited about is the number of JUCO guys they've got. They've already got two transfers locked in, and that's something, you know, some people didn't think they were going to be able to do with some of the academic things that go on at Tulane. But the fact that they were able to do that and they're able to reach out to some of these guys from across the country and get them to come into Tulane, I know is really important for them. And I think that's going to be another big issue for them next year is securing that depth. And I mean, <laughs> when you're losing guys like Nico Marley, Tanzel, smart guys, that were not only dominant but played for 95, 98% of the snaps. It's going to be really important to find guys to fill, fill in those big shoes. Oh, totally, right? And, and I think that if you're a Tulane fan on the defensive side of the ball, you have such consistent players who played huge chunks of minutes on the defensive side. And then on offense, offensive line depth has presumably been an issue for Tulane forever. Uh, what do you see as the highest priorities in these closing weeks for the staff in terms of, of building out this class? You know, from a positional standpoint, what is at the top of the big board right now uh, on the mind of Fritz and his staff? Well, I think you touched on it right there. I just think uh, line depth, I think both sides, O-line depth and uh, defensive line depth, I think is going to be really, really important for this team. I think um, they, they it was really hard for them last year losing Junior Diaz. I think that's an injury that that was really tough for them. Not so much because I think LeGlue, John LeGlue did a really good job shifting over from right tackle to center, which was, I mean, you don't hear about that at all, really, guys shifting from right tackle to center and really being effective. But it kind of just... It kind of just put the the rest of the line in disarray because everybody kind of had to move around. And I think not having guys behind that initial five that they really trusted really hurt them the rest of the season. So I think bringing in as many guys as possible to compete. You know, uh, Coach Fritz loves to compete, loves just throwing guys out there and making them work for their spot. So I think getting as many O-linemen in is going to be huge for them and, and getting some more defensive tackles in because I don't think you're going to have any Tanzo Smarts playing 100 snaps in a four-overtime game this year. So you're going to need an abundance of guys to kind of fill that role and kind of just do it in waves rather than having that one guy. So I think bringing in more guys on the O-line and bringing in more guys on the D-line is going to be really important. Also, on top of that, I would say linebacker as well is going to be really important. That makes a lot of sense based on on what we're seeing on the roster. Uh, one piece of news that came out this week is that uh, Hunter Knighton, an offensive lineman from the University of Miami, announced that he would be a, a grad transfer to Tulane. This might be wishful thinking on my part, but do you see any? And, and then on top of Knighton, of course, there's Domingue Briggs, uh, a JUCO offensive lineman transfer out of Coffeyville. Uh, do you think there's any chance that there's another grad transfer? juco player somebody with some veteran experience that they can bring on to the line for this year do you think that that ship has sailed and it's going to be a focus on the high school prospects at this point well i think they're always shooting for those guys no question i mean i think when we talk about the depth issues one of the one of the reasons why he's looking for these grand transfer guys and juco guys is he's looking for guys to come in and just plug in immediately so i think that's a a, a big reason why they're going out and finding these guys so i'm sure they're looking but i, I 
to be honest, I'm, I'm not. I can't really 100% say I know for sure they're going to have a, one guy come in or something like that. But I can tell you that they're definitely looking, and I, they want to find guys that they can come in and, and plug in immediately. I know that for sure. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm still waiting to get the the visitor list for this weekend. I, I had it last weekend. By this time, I wish we, I wish I had it last week to talk about it on the show. But that's fine. I think w- w- the big thing for the, these last two weekends is to get guys in. Like I said, that they can they feel like they can plug in immediately, and, and a part of that is like you said, bringing in those grad transfers and those JUCO guys. As you mentioned, Will, you had the scoop last week on the the 25 players who made official visits. Uh, I think Tulane fans looking at that list. Uh, we're pretty amped. I mean, we we saw a lot of players who I think are more of an AAC level caliber player than than we're used to seeing. Now the question remains: How many are we going to end up closing? Uh, we haven't seen a commit from that specific group yet. Do you feel like the wave made progress last week? And if so, uh, do you have any pulse on on where they made progress? Yeah, I think one of the really smart things they did was, uh, and sometimes schools don't like to do this, but I think they brought in a bunch of guys uh, from from that play the same position. They brought in a bunch of uh, linebackers, brought in a few D linemen, and I think uh, some of the, that allowed some of those guys to really bond. And I think part of the reason some schools don't don't do that is because those guys come in and they feel like they're competing and they say, hey, either these guys are going to start or I'm going to start, and I'd rather go somewhere where they're saying, hey, I want you. But I think one of the 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 advantages Tulane has in the in these depth issues is they can they can bring in all these guys and say, hey, all of you are going to be able to play. All of you guys are going to at least be given the opportunity to play, and we're going to give you the opportunity to say, hey, we're going to put you in first team on the, on defense and practice and see how it works out. And all of these guys are really looking forward to that opportunity. And I mean, I talked to a few of the guys that came down last weekend, and, and I think they. That was pretty much the, the the message I got from all of them. What they were really excited about the fact that Fritz is just honest about them that they hey, I, pretty much everybody that's coming in in this recruiting class is going to have an opportunity to earn their spot on the field next year. And and it, there's not a lot of schools and in, in big time conferences like the AAC where you can really say that. And I think that's something they want to use. And I think that's a, a big reason why they brought in so many guys last week was to kind of really drive home that message that, hey, we we need as many guys as possible. And when you come here, you're going to have an opportunity to play. Awesome. And I know we don't have the names yet for the visitor list for this week. Is there anyone coming down the pipeline who you expect, maybe who hasn't been announced yet, uh, to make a visit or who Tulane is going to be targeting pretty heavily uh, before NSD? Well, I know for sure that one thing a couple of people commented to me last week about the list was the lack of Louisiana guys. And I think that's something that they're working on. I'm not sure that uh, they are where they want to be right now, to be honest with you. But I think that's something that I want to look for in these last two two weekends is to really see how many in-state guys you can get because I think it's really hard to compete on a consistent level when you're not a real player in your own state. I think I think that's an advantage uh, Fritz had, even though he was only there for two years, I think he recruited really well in the state of Georgia when he was at uh, in his last stop. And I think you see that with some of the guys he's recruiting now, that he still has those connects in Georgia. And I think that his staff is kind of working on building those connections with some of the Louisiana coaches. And I think that's going to be really important for them and something I'm going to keep an eye out on these last two weekends is how many Louisiana guys they can get in and really, you know, build in the excitement around just the city and the state around the program because I think it's going to be hard to really take that next step unless you do that. So I think it's a really 
really awesome point. I want to I want to dig a little deeper there and get your perspective, Will, because I think not only are we we seeing that play out with let's say the visitor list last week, but uh, the other thing is that it, it's pretty clear that philosophically this staff is in a very different position and a different mindset than our last staff under Curtis Johnson, who was, you know, kind of Miami style, state of Tulane. We're going to go heavy in state. Uh, and the results, I think, were, were all over the place before. We got some good ones, but we also some guys who didn't pan out. Uh, but looking at the Fritz staff, uh, it's pretty clear that there has been uh, a lot of focus on areas that he's very used to recruiting. He's been a coach in Texas before. We've seen a lot of Texas kids make a visit. Uh, Florida and Georgia were definitely in his wheelhouse before when he was at Georgia Southern. Is your read on that so far that this is more of a kind of growing pains early part where, you know, we need to get good players now. Fritz knows players in those states and wants to go there. And you think the Louisiana connection will develop over time? Or do you think that still remains to be seen? Well, I, I think I think it could be a little bit of both because I think overall, whenever I talk to Fritz, his biggest thing he always says is, "We don't care where we get them from. We just want to get good guys. We want to get guys that we can that we know can play. I don't care where I get them from." I think so. He kind of downplays the Louisiana idea, but I, I, I just from talking to people around the the, the the program, I know that that they consider it really important to get New Orleans guys and Louisiana guys in general. So I would say that ultimately, yes, I would agree with you that. He wants to get guys into the program right now, and he's he's going to the to programs where he already has those connections because that's I mean that's just the easiest way to recruit. That's the way all programs recruit. They develop connections at these uh, high school at the high school level, and they go to these guys because and they and they bring kids to them because they trust them. And I think he has those trust. He has that trust with some of the programs out there in Georgia, and he's still developing developing it right now in Louisiana. And I think. It starts with some of his assistant coaches, and I think it's not just all Fritz. And I think one of the, the big things is, is they don't really have that, that New Orleans guy on the staff, that guy that went to St. Augustine or, you know, went to Rumble or something like that where you have that immediate connection. So I think it's, it, it takes time to develop that kind of connection when you don't have that, that base to go back to. So I think they're really working on it. But I do, I do think it's a priority for them, but I don't know how much is going to reflect this particular recruiting class. Yeah, that's a really great point. And, and that's something that the staff has had in the past has been, you know, kind of your former St. Aug coach or, or someone who has that connection. And with it being such a relationship-driven recruiting state, you know, that's a tough barrier to crack through at the beginning. But, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see. It seems like there there are a couple in there. I mean, Shannon Foreman, the defensive lineman from, uh, from Baton Rouge, I think is one to look for. Uh, but turning to the guys who are committed in the class right now there are now 18 recruits uh if we include knight in the grad transfer in this class who stood out for mm -hmm. you from a talent perspective who you think Tulane fans should be excited about right now just from uh watching a little bit of tape i've seen well first and foremost i mean uh, both of, uh me and you have tweeted out i, I think uh, everybody's excited to see what jonathan banks is going to do in this system just because i mean he's a guy when you put on the tape just so much skill and just uh, pretty much everything Fritz wants in a quarterback for this system. But you never really know until you see a guy on the field with his teammates how it's really going to work out. But I think – I know personally I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I know he, just from talking to him, he's really excited for this opportunity. And that's one guy. But we just want to go down to the high school level. Uh, this guy's a little bit undersized, but I really like what I've seen, or what I've seen from the kid, K.J. Vault, uh, out of Hoover. The linebacker, he's kind of an undersized guy, but he's really athletic, really fast, and I think 
that's something this team is going to need to replace. Uh, when you have a guy like Nico Marley, who's just constantly in the backfield, and not only that, but he took on such a big role as far as pointing everything out and and, and being the coach on the field for that team last year. It's going to be difficult for them to to make up for that. I don't, I don't know if you really can, to be honest with you, because just Nico was just a, a special guy, once in once in a generation type of guy when it comes to that. But I think one way you can replace that is just to have athletic guys out out there that can run sideline to sideline and maybe they make some mistakes but they can use their athleticism to kind of mask those mistakes and i think kj vault like i said he's a little bit undersized but i think he can be one of those guys and i I think right now if we're talking if we're going to stick to where they were doing last year with just two linebackers i think probably raywan marbley and zach harris are probably the two favorites to man those two spots but i would look at kj vault as a guy to kind of just just be in that conversation come uh come next fall oh i love that pick yeah yeah i think uh i think a lot of Tulane fans might not be as familiar with fault because he isn't the guy in the class who has a, a ton of offers but uh as you mentioned he plays for hoover which is a powerhouse in alabama they're they're coming off a state championship mm-hmm. uh he made like a ton of tackles in that state championship game to seal it and i think had an interception so he's got that you know he's he's definitely around the ball a lot in a way that i think we saw a lot with nico marley so uh yeah that's awesome and and I guess closing question here, Will, uh, you mentioned it, but I think you know the, the thing that Tulane fans really saw last year was the challenges of the quarterback position being so limiting, especially getting into the second half of the season when teams started to know our playbook. Um, so I, I know I've seen, actually from one of your stories, I think you know Banks is coming in with the, the right mentality of, hey, I'm going to come in here and compete and try to win this job. Um, I mean, you, you definitely see him as a clear front runner for the starting quarterback position, or do you think that remains to be seen? Um, that's an interesting question. I think I think that the idea. I think well, first of all, anybody that's that's seen Fritz talk or talked to Fritz knows that there's no way he's going to admit to this. First and foremost, so when I whenever we do get an opportunity to talk to him in spring, I guarantee you it's going to be an open competition. Uh, the same way basically he did last year. He didn't name a starting quarterback basically until like a couple days before the first game. I, I think uh, when he initially named Glenn as the starter last year. But I, I think he's going to go in with an open mind. And I, I think he wants to see uh, if Glenn and Jonathan Brantley can take that step forward year two in the system. But I, I, to be honest, just like I said, just from watching Jonathan on tape, I think – the talent he has should be able to just uh, just put him in the lead among those guys. And I would say that if he can't establish himself as that obvious starter in spring, it might be a, a bit of a concern. But I, to be honest, but I think I think as of right now, just in my mind, I, I would say he's the favorite going in for sure. Okay. Well, Will, really great insight today, as always. It's always great to have you back on the show. Uh, thanks for coming back for another Fear of the Wavecast, and hopefully we can bring you on again sometime. Absolutely, man. I always enjoy it. Thank you. All right, man. Well, hey, good luck with everything leading up to uh, to Fritz Miss National Signing Day. Uh, I'll make sure to be following Will. I'll make sure to, to tweet out your Twitter. But, Will, thank you so much, man. Have a great Thursday. All right, you too, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you very much for coming back for another Fear of the Wavecast. That is it for today's show. Big thanks to bensounds.com, which provides our intro music. Uh, we'll be back again uh, probably at least after signing day to talk about the recruits. Stay angry, my friends, and roll wave.